I have. I was talking to Kayla about this last night, and I had this terrible feeling that now what's going to happen is E3 is going to get canceled this year, and then everybody's going to scramble to you know do it a different way, and it's going to go over well, and everybody's going to be like, hey, you know what? Maybe we don't need E3. <laughs> And it's literally like that's it, like that's that's the final nail in E3's coffin. I, you know, honestly, I'm I'm sure the E3 guys are thinking the same thing, and that's why they were they're like the last to cancel, you know? Yeah. Time to get your fix. It's a horrible gaming podcast. It's not good, it's not great, horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Horrible gaming podcast. Hello, my name is Zachariah Van Siders, and welcome to episode 32 of a horrible gaming podcast. With me is Neil, aka Tiny Wizard. Yeah. And uh, certain pe- other people were supposed to be here. This was supposed to be the first show where all three of us were on. And you better believe I'm going to blow up his spot because I'm sure he overslept. Uh, Logan is standing us up. So, Logan, first of all, if something terrible has happened to you, uh, you know, let us know so that we can uh, we can help you. But if uh, if you overslept, I am legitimately mad at you. I'm just telling you that right now. <laughs> So let's go into the disclaimers. Um, I want to hit a big disclaimer before we get into the other stuff. Um, And that is, uh, you know, it's been a few weeks now that we have not talked about any of the the coronavirus affecting the the, um, conventions. Um, Conventions, one convention after another has been being canceled because of the coronavirus. Um, And um, I just want to let everybody know out there this is this is not like a failure on our part to under to not talk about it it's just there are plenty of shows out there with much more intelligence and knowledge about the situation and the subject um i would rather you go to them for that kind of information than a couple of middle-aged guys and uh, a kid in their basement recording a podcast you know so like uh, we have specifically decided to stay away from it um, and not talk about that subject on the show. So if you want some, if you want like a kind of an escape from what's going on with that, you know, listen to us. We're gonna just keep it light and fun. Um, we're gonna specifically avoid coronavirus stuff. So just, just so you guys know, going forward, it's, it's, it's a, a choice that we're making, and uh, there should be awareness for it. You should be aware of it. You should take the proper precautions, but. We are not, um, we are not educated enough to be able to talk about it on a national podcast. So, you guys go somewhere else for the pod for the coronavirus information, and uh, just come here when uh, that depresses the hell out of you, and you need to laugh at <laughs> poop jokes or something. Um, so uh, with that out of the way, let's do some credits. Uh, first credit, Mark Bell. Thank you for all the original graphics on the show. Uh, he does everything that's original on this and all of Old Man Gaming's shows. And then, of course, the theme song you heard at the top of the show was my brother. Uh, he wrote and pre- performed it. Thanks to Nick Van Sliders for that. All right, so our opening segment is Fan Interaction. Um, this is uh, where we talk to you guys, the fans. We read your comments. We also use your comments to decide the Horrible Arena winner. Um, and, uh, yeah, we also ask you guys questions and uh, just to have a dialogue with you guys. That's what we like to do. Uh, I, I, I'd like to say that we're one of the more connected-to-our-audience podcasts out there. So let's get right into it. Let's decide the Horrible Arena winner. So, uh, first, uh, it's always a win, but I got a vote from <laughs> Kayla S. <laughs> from from Kayla from Kayla S. Zach, you need to get. Uh, well, she said. Also, my vote goes to Div- Project Divine. We're going to talk about the other comment she made <laughs> in a second. Uh, but her pro- her vote went to Project Divine. Uh, then uh, via Discord. 
Remember, the link is in the description below. Uh, we got a vote from Kev Tutal, who voted for Project Vast. Um, and then, so we were all tied up, and uh, we were uh, we were potential we were potential. I was potentially coming up with a tiebreaker situation, but uh, Phil Billy three three zero. Uh, the last foundation, the only foundation four member who is not on this podcast, uh, voted and his horrible arena vote goes to project divine. So I will re return my, the crown returns to my head. Neil. You almost had me. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Here you go. I do. I do want to say something before we get into the rest of it. Your, I really liked your pitch. I really liked your pitch. And I, I told you this in person when we hung out recently. Mm. I think your pitch would have been made even better if you made permadeath after you completed the story. So you could just go keep going back through the world that you were influencing after the end game. I think that would be just the coolest game ever. <laughs> like you would get me all in on that one. Yeah, every single game, every time you would play it, it would be totally different. Even if you lost, all it would mean is just starting essentially a new game over. Right. Right. And and the starting of the new game over would mean that you get to play through it with all of the influence from yourself and the other players who are in the end game. So it would be a complete it's just a different experience every time. I think that would be I think that would be the master class of roguelike right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I never even <laughs> thought of putting it in that group. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to read out one other one from Discord because I thought it was a really cool one. Um, and I, I actually trolled him a little bit on Discord, so kept too tall. I know you're listening. I didn't mean any offense by it, uh, by asking you questions. Um, but uh, Kev Tutal decided to just give us a pitch, which we welcome. Um, I, I can't read all of these out if everybody did it, but he was the only one who did it. And I really liked this, so I want to read his on the show. Uh, so his pitch is, for starters, it's a buy-in once at retail with a monthly subscription. No buying future content patches. Developer is going to be Blizzard, but before the Activision buyout. <clears throat> Players will design a character and choose a class from hopefully tons of choices. Each player spawns on a different planet, parentheses a la No Man's Sky. The universe, the universe itself is generated the same way, ever-growing as people join. Now you can choose to spawn on a friend's planet, but it will reduce your protection period. On your planet, you grow and develop your character with quests and missions that feed into your class type. A fighting-based cl class will find and collect blood from savage beasts, where a p politician will broker a deal for that same quest for that same quest giver's testing to be allowed. This is also where you will work in your morals. Uh, are you good, neutral, evil? Will you become a world tyrant and take your army to conquer others? Will you defend your world alone or defend others as well? Being conquered by another planet isn't death or perma permanent loss, though. You become enthralled by your conqueror. Uh, they now run your planet and have access to its wealth and resources. You still, you're still alive as a figurehead. You may now come across quests to seed revolt among the people, gain support of a revolution, reach out to other planets who will help free and save planets. PvP will help it happen on two levels. If you are defending your planet, it will happen much like a first-person shooter. Any ticket-based battle mode from most modern FPS on a best-of-three format. Also, the option to fight it out in 1v1 in a best of five in an arena like Mordhaw or For Honor. Given the ever-changing landscape of control, the player's story becomes the content. Will you aspire to be a galactic emperor or a savior of planets? Updates would be mostly cosmetic with, the game, balance, with game balance regularly along with new quests, skills, and technology. I thought it sounded really cool. I don't... I, I, I'm not a guy who buys into monthly subscriptions, so that would probably uh, keep me away from it. But other than that, I thought it was just – I really like the idea of the, the owning the planet and just it never kind of being done, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not one for uh, that sort of game either, but I can see objectively <clears throat> that, that it is a good idea. 
It's a really good idea. Yeah, I th- I think as a as a games of service, it's a really good, really good idea, and I would love to see it out there. And I I felt like it was good enough to read. The guy put a lot of work into it. So so Kev Too Tall, we read it on the show. You got to keep listening to us forever now. That's just the rules. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I wanted to talk about earlier. I'm very excited about. Kayla also said, Zach, you need to get a switch to play Animal Crossing so we can visit each other's islands just to infuriate Neil further. Now, everybody out there, Neil has this weird (laughs) – Neil is weirdly triggered about Animal Crossing. He thinks Animal Crossing is stupid, and he's upset that Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal are coming out on the same day. He's even more infuriated by the fact that uh, me and his wife troll him about it, which is just – it makes my day – Uh, So I I responded to her and said, thank you, madam. The vote is appreciated. And then I said, oh, yes, we must make this happen. We should do a video that isn't gameplay. It's just us on either side of him playing Animal Crossing on the Switch while he rolls his eyes irritated. Uh, To which she said, oh, man, gaming, I'm in. Now we just need to figure out a way to, like, trick you to being on the couch so that we can record this video. (laughs) See, here's here's my thing. Here's my Go thing with it. Animal Go Crossing. There yeah. is no reason to what you're doing. There's no story. There's no goal. I mean, there's your little, oh, collect this stuff, and oh, you're collecting it. But, like, why am I doing this? Why am I building? Why am I anything in this game? Like, I... I appreciate it for what it is. Again, people like it, and you know what? That's fine. That's for them. It ain't for me, man. It ain't for me. <laughs> I, I w- To counter your point a little, and I don't want to get totally into this, uh, I kind of get where you're going on that. I really do. And the mobile, the mobile game kind of got me at one point where I was like, what the hell am I doing? Um, but I will say, I think in a lot of ways, they solved that problem with this one. I like the story of going to an island and as you create and build there, uh, more animals kind of like come to the island. Like it's almost like you're building a colony, which kind of kind of gives it a little bit more motivation. Just to counter your point a little bit, I'm not going to blow up your spot all the way. But um, I do want to say, I do want to say I did get a switch. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, uh, later in the show. So just keep that in mind. Um, all right. Uh, oh, and I had a question I wanted to ask, and now I'm having a hard time thinking of it. Oh, Jack, yeah. that's called having a hard time remembering it, and it happens with old age. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't even remember how to talk is how it works. Like, I can't even remember that. Um Oh man, I had a specific, really good question to ask on this one. Oh, oh yeah, okay, I got it. Uh, this is kind of ripped off uh, another podcast. Uh, I think it was Game Scoop. They were talking about this, and I just thought the question was so good, I wanted to use it here. Uh, so I want to ask everybody out there: What's the game that you most go back to? Not necessarily the most played, but the game that you own that every so often you're like, I gotta go back and play that again. Uh, either play through it again or just go back and play it again or, or what's that game that like you can't seem to put down you you just keep getting called back to I think that'd be a really good really good question for everybody out there um, I think I think there's a couple of people that I already know the answer to so <laughs> yeah but, but uh, okay so um, all right so the first topic today has to be addressed, and uh, I I really wish Logan was here for this one because he would really give me the business way more than Neil would just because uh, Logan has heard me bitch about this so much, but I recently purchased a Nintendo Switch, so I want to get that out there. Honestly, if you guys look at the channel, about two days Well, one day if you're listening to this on audio, two days if you're listening to this on YouTube, uh, on Wednesday, I posted a special about, you know, playing the Switch for the first time with Neil. We actually uh, used Neil's capture card to actually record some footage from a system that isn't an Xbox. Um, And it's a lot of fun. It's a little bit long, but it's a lot of fun. So I go ahead and check that out. But I got a Switch 
and uh, Neil knows about it. And uh, yeah, uh, my hypocrisy officially knows no bounds. That's okay, though. That's there is <laughs> nothing wrong with any of that. I think I think you. Some of your main gripes that you have had about the console are going to stay, but overall, I meant Nintendo in general, not just the console, but like, yeah, overall, yeah. I think, I think the Nintendo Switch is going to be a pleasant surprise because it was for me. Well, I, I will say I am having a little bit of a hard time finding another game to get other than Breath of the Wild, uh, which is, which is a little bit of a bummer. But uh, aside from that, um, let's talk about the Switch a little bit. I know, Neil, this is going to feel a little bit like retreading everything we talked about when we recorded the video on the Switch. But those people might not – there are plenty of people who listen to this who might not listen to that. So we should probably just talk about it again, I guess. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I want to say out there, uh, there are some really awesome things about the Switch. There are some – really terrible things about the switch that I was totally right on. So, uh, in some ways it's, in some ways it's nice because, uh, in some ways it's like, Oh, I was totally wrong about this. This is really great. And then in other ways, it's like, ha, I got it right. F you Nintendo. Um, so I think the portability is second to none. I have never experienced, um, the, the joys of the portability that this offers. Um, just a little context story for everybody out there. Uh, my daughter, uh, she is three. She sleeps in a big girl bed now. Uh, however, and trust me, this is going to get back to video games. Just give me a second. Um, she goes to bed. Uh, she is a very energetic, mischievous one. Uh, now, if you if one of us sits in the room with her, she'll play in her bed a little bit, and then she'll fall asleep, and it's fine. Uh, if we leave the room stuff get, get goes wonky. So one of us usually ends up like sitting in the room with her until she falls asleep. Um, and she's pretty good about it. If you do, like she won't get out of the bed. She'll just play with her stuffed animals. They'll have a conversation and then she'll pass out. Now, the problem with this though, is as an adult, uh, of age, uh, keeping your interest in a dark room is pretty rough. So you end up you end up playing a lot of games on your mobile phone, and they're fine for a little while. But I, if I'm mainlining a uh, a game on my phone, it's not it's not super fun. It just it eventually like it's it's for little spurts. Like those games are designed for little spurts, and if you just sit there and like play it, like you you will get sick of it fast. So. The fact that now I can take the Nintendo Switch upstairs, the brightness, uh, the, there's a brightness setting that's really easy to set. I just turn the brightness down. I turn the volume a little bit down. It doesn't bother the, the kid at all. And I can play a triple A game up there in my, like, that's amazing. Like, I can play Breath of the Wild upstairs while my kid's going to sleep, you know, which was time which where I could only before surf Twitter or play like angry birds or some crap like that, you know, mm. um, the portability of it is just, just exquisite. I, I can't count the number like, or times when like, like she gets to watch a movie once a day during lunchtime. Cause she still takes like a one hour nap. Um, and to fall asleep, you know, that's when she goes to sleep. I don't have to watch videos on my phone anymore. I can just play the switch while she's doing that. Like it's, it's so versatile. It's so versatile. I, I'm I'm gonna eat my foot, eat my hat on this. Like it is. It's so versatile. The battery life is. I don't know how the battery life works as well as it does. The other thing I was always concerned about was heat, because usually when you're playing a game like that, it puts off heat. Hell, half the games on my phone make my phone turn hot. You know, um, but that one there's no heat on it. Like. It's, it's truly the versatility is amazing. Yeah, I would say, uh, and as a point on the portability, though, uh, I think the, eventually there's going to be a point where you're like, huh, I want to take it like out of the house. Like if you're going to go on a long road trip, you're going to consider taking it out of the house. I will tell right. you this. The very first time I took it out of my house, I was scared shitless. <laughs> 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 there have been moments already just around my house. Like the other day, uh, 
my daughter was in the bath and I was watching her in the bath, uh, like making sure she was okay. And I sat down at the top of my stairs and suddenly this, like this, like scenario where like somehow I tripped and like the switch went down the stairs and through the stairs into the basement, like, and just shattered. And I just like, it was, I, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. Like the fear is there. Cause it's, it's, it's still a very expensive piece of equipment and it yeah. does not come down yeah. in price. No. <laughs> um, I'd also say too, um, in regards to dropping it, I have seen drop test videos and it actually holds up pretty well. So it's not too bad. Um, I know also like we have a case for ours and that thing has been a, uh, a godsend uh, because even just moving stuff around sometimes, if you remember, uh, I actually brought, when I brought all my stuff over the other day, yeah. I brought my Switch Pro controller in an Xbox One Elite controller case, <clears throat> because we actually had one of our Pro controllers go bad from just transporting it in my book bag. Right. Right. So, I mean, it's definitely, like, those little things make you scared to death <laughs> about moving it around. But Well, and the horror stories about the Joy-Con drift has yeah. made me, like, I've gotten killed in Zelda because I'm afraid to, like, move the joystick <laughs> yeah. too hard. So I'm being super gentle with it, and I end up not even moving the character sometimes. Like, yeah, I, I know what you mean about that. I... I will say, on the other hand, the I think, and while all the games coming out for it are really like surprisingly small, it only has a 25 gig hard drive, uh, which is a uh, I think a little bit lackluster. But counterpoint to that argument is you don't need a big terabyte hard drive to store more data. You need like on SD card. Cause like the games like war, like Warframe, for example, is like a hundred gig download on Xbox on switch. It's 18, which is most of your base hard drive still, but like you don't need a ton of space, but I, I feel like they needed to give you just a little bit more See, space than they gave you. And, and I, I don't really think that the storage is such an issue, especially given the fact that you can easily get an SD card for one of those. For right. I just bought a 128 gig SD card for like, it was like $19 the other day or something like that. Right. Like that on its own, like you'll never have to worry about storage space ever again. Right, right. Especially yeah. with the Switch. Yeah. Yeah, and that and that Animal Crossing baby, I can't wait. Oh sweet 20th. Christ! It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of the reason I pushed for a Switch because I want that game. Um, I'm an Animal Crossing dude. What can I say? Just because I'm 38 and I got gray hairs and I got uh, testicles that sometimes dip in toilet water, I'll tell you right now, what? my friend. I love how you just like I'm casually, casually yeah. just slid, yeah. <laughs> slid that one in there. Like, oh yeah, yeah dunking balls. All right. Look, I got, I got saggy balls. It's a problem. It's just, it just is. And you know what? It's one of those problems that people. I, I don't want to get too off on a tangent about balls because, <laughs> you know. I think we'll start use, losing subscribers or gaining them. Who knows? I don't know. But uh, uh, it's one of those things. There's a lot of things that start to go wrong with you that nobody tells you about when you're younger. Like they, they worry about other stuff. They don't tell you about some other stuff that, that starts to go wrong. Saggy balls is one of them. I was not informed of saggy balls when I was younger now they're just all over the place. They need like their own purse or something. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Man, I wish that had been a cold open moment. I, that would have been perfect, but that's actually on the show. We can't get away from that. All right. <laughs> that brings me to uh, our segment, our short fun segment with my last breath. Uh, this is where one of my co-hosts gives me a topic. Uh, they then tell me whether they want me to do po positive or negative or what they want me to actually rant about on that topic. And then I get a minute and I get to rant about it uh, as best I can. And then they give me a letter grade at the end as to uh, whether I did a good job or not. So Neil, 
you have the con, sir. Uh, what's it going to be today? Uh, you know what? Uh, I actually run a D&D game, and <laughs> I was thinking about it, and I'm like, you know what? I think uh, D&D is really probably the best RPG out there, even standing it up against games. So I think that you should rant about and I, I know that you tabletop game too, so I want to have you go on for a minute about why tabletop gaming is the best sort of RPG. Okay. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, you definitely got me in a moment where, like, my love of tabletop and pen and paper is at an all-time low right now. So <laughs> this is going to actually be a little bit tough for me. Um, okay. What has it got? The other stuff. Okay. All right. Uh, let me know when you're ready. All righty. We're going to go in three, two, one. All right, when you pop in a video game and you boot up a role-playing game, you are playing in, in not just somebody else's world, but you're playing it linearly. And no matter how you want to look at it, even if it's open world, you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. Uh, you, some games allow you to get pretty close, but you can't. With tabletop role-playing games, because the person is there, they're in your face, they're right there. If you have a good game master... Really, the sky is the limit. You really can play anything you want. You can make a character from the ground up. You can play social. You can play fighting. You can play rogue. And you are not limited by some programmer who has never met you and doesn't know who you are. Instead, you're playing a story that, again, if the game master's good, has been handcrafted to entertain you by a friend of yours. Not only that, you get to really see what your friend is offering to you. What your, uh, You get to see your how your Time. friend puts a story together. Mm, man, that was a quick minute. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, I think I, – That went by faster and I, I – oh, man. Okay. All right, you sure that was a minute? Yeah, yeah, I'm watching the clock right here. I have the a little behind the scenes okay. stuff. We All have right. the timer going just so All we right. can see how long the segments are, and it's going. Man, okay, I felt like I was just starting to get good there, and it uh, I, I I ran out of time. All right, and, what I get? And that's, I mean, it's gonna be downhill from last week because I got an A plus last yeah, week. Yeah, so. I'm gonna give you a B minus on that one. You you did you, you touched on the ba the main points. I think that tabletop games like supersede everything else in regards to yeah. like you know it's totally open. If you have somebody who's running the game who's literally like yeah fuck it sure do do the thing like you can get some yeah. crazy off the wall stuff going on. I actually want to share you a quick story from one of my campaigns. Hmm. This is how that shit okay. crazy stuff can get. Uh, my wife actually was playing a druid in the final fight of an arc of this campaign. And uh, through some bullshit and shenanigans, uh, a an atomic bomb, a real-ass atomic bomb, was brought into the mix. And it was being protected <laughs> by a magical field. And my wife rolled a nat 20 on digging through the ground to find a bug to throw at this bomb to make sure that this bomb's field around it didn't, like, instantly kill you or anything. And, of course, it did. But I am not exaggerating when I tell you this whole scenario lasted 15 minutes. <laughs> but that's just a testament to the yeah. crazy ass shit that can go on in a tabletop game do you think a programmer is going to sit there and actually like program all of those all that as an actual scenario in right. there or that being right. an actual right. story beat like yeah i i like again before we went in i my love of tabletop is at an all-time low right now uh and i think that's just because okay for starters i'm 38 everybody out there knows that i have been playing role-playing games since i was 12 and i was 
I have always been the game master. I was elected the game master by my friends back then. And since then I've either, I've either always been the game master with them or I've moved to a different group and they didn't really understand role-playing games. So I had to get them in. So I had to be the game master there. So I've literally been the game master the entire time. And I don't play D and D because I think D and D is one of the worst systems out there. I, I hate to, really? <laughs> I hate to do this to you. Really? Yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. But this, we can't talk about this on this podcast because we will get into an hour debate on why D and D is terrible. I will, I will happily discuss with you why D and D is terrible. And I don't like it's it's fun for anybody who plays it, and that's that's what matters. I'm not saying anybody who plays D and D is dumb and should play another game i'm saying that like if you really look at the system it's not a very good system and i'll tell you why off the mic because this is not going to be entertaining for anybody who showed up to listen to a video game podcast but but yeah it's at an all-time low. i'm actually only playing one game right now it's not even game master by me and it is pretty good but uh i don't know there's just something I've just fatigued on it, I think. And and I've been playing with a, another friend of mine one-on-one games for probably our entire life. And we're in between one right now. And I just, I'm supposed to be getting one ready and I'm not because I just can't get to the spot that I have been in. <laughs> like it just, I just don't care. It's weird. Aww. It's weird. It's really weird. Yeah, I need to find something like the mat. The other thing is too with gaming, comparatively to tabletop the biggest problem with gaming is being the game master i'm also always the guy who organizes it like always like not in the one that i'm playing right now which is what's nice about it but i've always been the guy who's got to set it up like always the dude who got to set it up with a lot of stuff that i do i'm always the guy who's like setting it up so like it gets old like people missing things and people not showing up and people not taking it seriously and people not caring. And then you've got to figure it out. And it's just, it got to a point where I'm like, man, this isn't fun for me anymore. I just feel like I'm a, an angry school attendance person, you know, (laughs) Uh, who, who tells a story to people when they decide to show up, you know? And I just think everybody had their own life going on and it just, I don't know. I just got blown out on it. So yeah, that was actually really hard for me. I'm kind of proud of myself for getting a B minus on that, but you watch, we're going to finish this podcast and we're going to get a bunch of comments. Like, why didn't you tell us why D and D sucks? (laughs) I am curious to know why you think it sucks though. It, it's, I, we can't get into it right now. We just can't. If we get into it right now, we're not going to talk about video games for the rest of the show. Yeah, no. We you're, can't get into it right, right now. We got to move on. We got to move on. Anybody out there, if you want to know why I think D&D sucks as a system, just ask me in the comments or join our Discord. You see there what you I did go. there. And ask me there, and I will answer. Hell, go to our Discord. We still need some questions for the four for our next uh, – for April's Old Man Fam Direct. Ask me there, and I'll, I'll say it on camera. No problem. So, okay. All right. So – with my last breath out of the way, we are going to keep it a little bit Nintendo today since, you know, we got uh, me and Neil on the show and we're Nintendo-centric at the, at the moment. Um, GameStop pulls a Hail Mary and brings on Reggie... Oh, fils a may never get this guy's name right. Yeah, Reggie fils a may Thank you. Uh, Reggie fils a may I always want to say Reggie fill a may <laughs> or Phil Amy yeah. or something like that. Like, it's always wrong. Reggie fills him, fill a Stop may. it. Oh, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> stop. Stop. Reggie. Reggie from now on. Uh, the, he was he was the head of Nintendo for a long time. He finally retired last year. Um, GameStop's brought him on to supposedly save the, uh, the company. Um, I'm going to let you give us your thoughts first. I actually have some thoughts on this. And, uh, you know, our other Foundation 4 member, Phil Billy, really wanted me to uh, to read some of his thoughts um, as well. So I'm going to say with this, uh, he, he definitely – he's going to bring something to GameStop uh, 100%. Like, I don't think that he did, like – did like crazy innovation or anything at Nintendo, but he definitely solidified Nintendo's name 
Nintendo's brand and what it is and it stood for. And that is what I think GameStop needs. Right now, it's just floundering. They're trying to just anything that they can to get money in. That's all they care about is the money. Like, Nintendo obviously is a company in general, but, like, they don't necessarily have something that's, uh, that's, like, I just lost my train of thought. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, you know why I just lost my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> I know. Um, Don't worry about that. Don't worry okay. about that. I needed to do that for another reason. I'm sorry. I You're messed good. up, but um, keep going. But yeah, they, they GameStop doesn't have an identity. They're just like trying to hawk phones and like, hey, trade us your stuff in. Like, they actually have a program right now with GameStop to where they literally just want to know what phone you have to tell you how much it's worth. Which honestly, I I think yeah. is just like super intrusive and frankly rude. If you walk into a store and they're like, hey, what do you have? What's your phone? We can give you this much for it. Like, <laughs> yeah. almost like a crackhead. Like, you know, but. Yeah, like I think that Reggie will be able to bring a, a perspective to refocus that back at GameStop and make it about the games and about like that experience, not necessarily so much as the company as the unit that it is. But I am worried about the other people on that executive board that he's going to be working with because I don't think he necessarily shares the same viewpoints. I uh, I totally agree with that. Um, I think that I think this is a real challenge for him, and I don't want to say that. I mean, obviously, he took the job. He thinks he's up for it, but to step into that to that area where you have just a desperate company trying to survive, and they're trying to survive in all the wrong, most intrusive, money-making ways. Um, I think it's going to be really hard to write that ship as just yeah. one guy. Um, I do want to read um, uh, Phil Billy's point of view. He, he, I was talking to him about what we were going to talk about on the podcast, and he just really wanted to like share his idea about this. Um, so... This is what he says, and I'm going to try and read this verbatim. He, remember, he's talking to me on this. So, uh, I truly think GameStop offered Reggie a good amount of money to get him on the board to give people hope, and more so impress investors who have been pulling out uh, to get them back in and raise the stock prices so they can sell and walk away from that sinking ship with padded pockets. I do not think at this point uh, with the failing business, public awareness of employment, employee mistreatment and shady practices that they even want to save the company. I just think they want to milk it for everything they can. Uh, first of all, Phil, thank you. This is a really good take. I think it's a really well thought out take. I don't necessarily agree with it. And I'll tell you why. And it, he's kind of in a rough spot where he gives us he gives us the take and then we can rebut him on the show and I don't think and he can't like then rebut our rebuttal it's not really fair uh, so I just want to say that right now <laughs> but personally I think this but as I was saying I think this is a really cool well thought out way to look at it and definitely a way to look at it I wasn't um, wasn't thinking of but uh, and and only time will tell with what they're actually doing with that company. But personally, I think if they were going to do that, um, they would have done that before they spent a whole year shopping companies and getting the mm. door slammed in their face. Um, and and that could have just been lack of foresight from them. They they are known for lack of foresight. So he could still be right, and he just didn't think about it beforehand. But they spent all of 2019 trying to like sell that company. I don't know why they wouldn't have picked up somebody like Reggie back then to do that. Yeah, I. So I I feel like I feel like this was a we can't sell. We've tried to sell. We need to do something. Uh, let's see if we can't get this guy who has a lot of goodwill out there on board. Um, that's what I, I think th what I, I I'll pose the same question to you, but what I think that GameStop needs to do is a total stop 
start from scratch rebrand. If they're toying around with doing like, oh, well, turning turning some game stops into like tabletop gaming places and it's more selling the experience. Some game stops are starting to sell retro games, stuff like that. I think that they all need to get on the same spot, the same page and totally just like look at their look at their market shares and what they're doing, how they're doing what and just like, OK, so we are going to be this from here on and they need to rethink their their membership model. They need to rethink the whole process and how they do trades. They need to rethink all of this because especially coming into the new generations where everything's going more and more digital, they are, as we've seen, losing their ass more and more and more. I think they need to yeah. go back yeah. to taking in <laughs> trades on even like retro games and still selling those retro games instead of having 8,000 copies of the same one game that's been traded in time and time and time and time again that nobody wants have like three copies total maybe right. but have more stake in let's bring back those super nintendo games let's bring back those sega genesis games the nintendo 64 games because people are willing to pay more for those right. people are willing to spend 60 dollars on a yeah. super nintendo game you know as long as it's one that they want i mean they had this one of their store they've remodeled mm. a couple of stores like for like trial trial periods one of the stores we talked about now i, I want to say sometime yeah. mid last year um and it i really liked the idea of it it was it was geared a little bit towards a middle-aged person and really that's what you need to gear it towards because those are the people who are buying physical yeah. copies of anything uh, not to be ageist but most young people are buying digital copies it's just the way it is uh and it was a little bit more like that. It was a bit, little bit more almost like a man cave for gamers yeah. sort of situation. Um, yeah. I think – well, a man cave isn't the right – A gender, gender neutral cave. Uh, <laughs> Nondescript gender neutral. I've made a terrible mistake. Person cave. Terrible mistake. Um, a person cave. Uh, a, a, a gamer cave basically. I think, I think the big thing – that I want to hammer home to everybody out there is you don't want to lose GameStop mm -hmm. as terrible as this company is. It is. And as mean and as cold hearted as it is to its employees and its people and its customers, it is the only place to buy video games in the way that you buy that nor that people understand buying video games because you you're not going to get to do the stuff with walmart and target and amazon that you do it at gamestop like like it's the last video game realtor exclusive video game realtor that's dedicated to video games really when you look at it there's some mom and pop pop shops out there but for the most part it is the last national video game realtor uh retailer that is dedicated to video games you don't want to lose that i want it to be better than what it is don't get me wrong i'm not giving them a pass on any terrible stuff they do but for that company to shut down it's bad for gaming and mm -hmm. people need to understand that like that's that's what we need to understand is that this is good on the the whole because and you know what if phil is right and they are trying to like sell the company with reggie more power to them. Get it sold to somebody who's going to let Reggie have more power and do what they need to do yeah. with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like get the people out who don't understand what they're doing in gaming and are mean to people and get the board of directors on that company to be the people who need who it need to be who are gaming forward uh, people. Yeah, I you know think what I mean? though I, I, I do want to make a point in the whole being – the, the, how the treatment of employees and these policies and these programs that they keep rolling out, I think that those come from a place, I mean, of course, it's obvious of desperation, but I don't think that the management is as in touch with the, with actual like gamers and the company, like the, the, the industry of right. gaming as a whole, because there are things like just, 
not not to like generalize gamers, but like we're pretty antisocial for the most part. The last thing that we want yeah. when we walk into a store is some dude with a tablet running up to us and asking us our information and to look up and see if we have any coupons. And then also like you know, like I said before, eyeing up eyeing up my phone and like, hey, how what what's that? Oh, I'll tell you how much that's worth. And then when we check out, be like, oh, well, you, you can pre-order stuff if you want. Like, that's... Yeah. Yeah, the suggestive selling and the upselling is not the way to go. And they definitely force it into it. And I... I specifically avoid GameStops. When I get that experience, I avoid that GameStop. That GameStop is not a GameStop I go back to. If I am accosted at the front door by a salesperson, uh, and I know what you mean, and they do that, uh, there was a GameStop situation that I had. This was some time ago, but uh, I was buying a game. I had waited in line. I had waited in a five-person line to buy one game because this girl who was selling stuff uh, had to suggestively sell, and it's not her fault. She's forced to do it by the company. She had su- she had to suggestively try and sell, uh, upsell like five different pre-orders and three different DLCs to every person who's buying. Even if it was just like one of the people in front of me was a mother buying a game for a kid. She's not gonna buy pre-order DLC for that kid. Just sell the stuff and let her get, yeah. let him get out of there. Then when I got up to it, finally, like I was in line for 40 minutes at this place. I got up to the front finally, and then she started to do the same thing to me. And I was like, please, I just want this game. That's it. I've been waiting in line. I need to get out of here. It's no offense to you. And she's like, I'm sorry. I have to go through all of this for you. And it's that kind of stuff, you know, that just like I was like, I'm never going back to that GameStop. And the GameStops that I go into, it's funny, too, because I always do the survey. I mm-hmm. always do the survey at the end because I'm trying <laughs> to win that hundred dollars. <laughs> but the when I the survey always is like, did somebody come right up to you and talk to you? And I always answer yes, even if it's no, because I don't want anybody there to get yelled at for not doing that because I don't want them to do that. I mean, I don't mind from behind the counter a hey, how you doing today? You know, that's fine. But it, like what you're talking about, where like they're just there. Like that's I don't want that. I don't want that kind of help. I don't want. I'm a. Yeah. I know. You know. And I'm, I, I, I also do want to mention uh, that these these thoughts and uh, feelings that I have about GameStop are strictly my own. I should probably uh, I should probably preface <laughs> that they are strictly my own, influenced by absolutely nobody other than myself. Uh. So I'm just going to leave that little nugget right there. 100% me. We are not even going to, we are not even going to comment on why we would need to say that. But yes, yes. they're all yours. Um, just yours. But I, to, uh, to, to <laughs> kind of wrap it all back up though and put it in a little, little bow on top, I, I think that this is a good move for GameStop, even if it's as Phil is saying, like a figurehead, a face that somebody knows and trusts that on its own. I'm sure. I mean, I'm, I haven't looked at the numbers, but I'm sure that did something for the stock as it is uh, that. And I think that right. that is a good move to get him there. Now, why he's there in the first place, we can only speculate if they are trying to get a good face on there to sell the company in general. Like you said, they probably still would have been doing that like they did before, but nobody was buying the company in the first place. So I think a sale might be, might be out of the, right. uh, off the table, but who knows? But I do think that Reggie can right. do something, even if he's just there to be that smiling face to help to start to turn GameStop around. And I think if we hear like months from now that Le- that Reggie decides to leave, I think that's we're going to go back into the death throes of GameStop. Right. 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 I agree. Okay. So, we were going to do one more topic. Uh both me and Logan uh, we're going to play the battle royale that dropped yesterday for Modern Warfare. Uh, crazy news! I don't know where they decided to just make it free. Uh, it's called Warzone, so you can download it for free. Um, but we couldn't do that. 
for something that I'm going to kind of rant about. And I know everybody out there is going to be like, but it's free. And I get that. However, uh, they make you download the entirety of the game, all 96 gigabytes, for just the Warzone mode as well. That is ridiculous. I have never, ever needed to play, uh, had had a Battle Royale by itself require 96 gigabytes of dedicated storage. It's absolutely insane. I could not get to play because I couldn't get it downloaded in time. So I just want everybody to know that's why we haven't done it, and I'm, I'm kind of furious about it. It's serious points against. Serious points against. Like, I don't care how good it is. The fact that I have to keep 96 gigs, like – I mean, at least with Destiny 2, I get a whole game there. Like, 96 gigs for just a Battle Royale is insane. Like, I don't know how they didn't, like, find a way to segment segment that. But very frustrated about it. It's very irritating. I you mean, I think it is <laughs> absolutely ridiculous, too, that they can't parcel that off. I mean, maybe if they're using assets from other things that require the full, like, Call of Duty game, like, okay. But... I, I think that this I hope that this is something that's addressed in the next generation is the fact that like you can download yeah. Yeah. pieces of a game only the stuff you want to do with and I think uh, that they was game the game informer podcast had alluded to something like that last year that that was a possibility on the table because there are yeah. some things like let's be real shooters shooter campaigns if you play them at all you play them once. And then it's straight up multiplayer. Myself, I have Halo 5 installed. It's like something stupid, like 110 gigs right now. It's insane. And if I was able to shave off all of the stuff that I don't use and just use strictly the multiplayer stuff, who knows? Right. It'd be 30 gigs tops. It is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous that you've got to have that much space for a a dedicated to a multiplayer basically for halo for a team deathmatch like i am super frustrated by it and it's it's one thing like and, and when i heard that they were going to do the free thing i was kind of i was like that's the right move because being a guy who's played some battle royales and, and knows at least enough about it to know that like battle royales really like feed off of uh continuing mm. continuous player base um and they feed off the updates. I kind of felt like Call of Duty was in an issue when they released the last one on Black Ops because they're an annualized franchise. Right. What are they going to do with that? You know. Um, so when they they announced that they were going to just do another one, I was like, that's not that's not how battle royales go. But they made it free. I'm like, okay, all right, you can get away with that then. The problem is though, is 96 gigs. Like it's not free because you're paying for the rest of it with your hard drive, and I'm a little irritated. I'm a little irritated. Like if I've got a 96 gig game on there, I want to know why I have a 96 gig game. And I I just don't understand why that multiplayer requires me to have the whole game downloaded. Like it's just, it's just annoying. So, uh, yeah, that's all I wanted to talk about on that. Um, I also do want to tell everybody out there one last thing before we go to horrible arena, just a little shout out. Fantasy Star Online 2 is getting its open beta, finally. It's huge. It's coming out on March 17th. I'm pretty sure, and anybody who had the closed beta can update to the open beta on the 16th, but open beta, Neil, correct me if I'm wrong, that usually means anybody can join it, it, right? Open is free for all. So, it should be, at, at the very least, on the 17th, it should be up for download in the store for free to play. So, Get excited because that game's a lot of fun, and I will be playing it. Disciple Hard Rock. If you guys want to party up, anybody out there, you let me know because I'm down. I can't wait to play that game. All right, all right. So that brings us to our last segment, Horrible Arena. Uh, this is a segment where we get to pitch a game based on something we came up uh, based on some pre-done criteria. Uh, we pitch that game to you guys, and then you guys get to decide which game you'd spend your money on um so this week we decided to do fighting game it's really sad too because logan would have pitched a game that would have won 
I know what he would have oh, pitched God. because he did it in the fantasy and you arena know what? a long time ago. That's good. And the one that I had mentioned, too, is the one that I'm going to do. So. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna be quiet. Uh, Neil, the floor is yours. You All need right. the developer, so, a name, um, and your pitch. So mine's going to be uh, called <laughs> Project Complete Breakfast. <laughs> Um, and, uh, mine would probably be developed, if I were to say, uh, anybody do it, I think it would probably be, uh, I, I think Warner Brothers, their, their development would probably be all right, because they have experience on their animation front, um, and they, I don't know, I feel like they would be able to treat it better, they'd probably monetize the hell out of it, but, um, Mine would be a serial mascot brawler like Smash Brothers. 100%. I mean, you could just fight in different locations. Like, you could be like at Count Chocula's castle with like the Trix Rabbit fighting Tony the Tiger. You know, just, just going all in. I mean, there's not much really to say about it. I mean, you can paint that picture in your head as to the craziness that could transpire. Maybe you could have, like, like I don't know, like the, <laughs> the magical rainbow from the Lucky Charms, the, the, the leprechaun guy. I can't remember his name. But have that be, like, an item or something like that. Just have some crazy shenanigans. Maybe have a story mode where, I don't know, like, Pop-Tarts is trying to come in and just wreck breakfast. <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome uh that's absolutely awesome no i mean that was pretty much it I'm like sorry, i said i, I mean there's not done. much i mean there's not okay. much a groundwork right. that has to be that's laid for one. that you know everybody knows the mascots a lot of people know how smash brothers works Got so right right okay uh, that's a really good one. I, I think you're going to take this one. I think you're going to take this one. Uh, so mine would be Project Slam Masters. Um, oh, I, yeah. Oh, I wait, mentioned a developer uh, for yours. Warner Brothers. Because they, they have a development oh, studio okay. and everything, okay. too. Because gotcha. they do, like, yeah. They do. Yeah. yeah. It'd be like Monolith or one of them. Um, okay. So mine. Project Slam Masters, Bandai Namco. Okay. Anybody who is old will remember on Super Nintendo, there was an awesome fighting slash professional wrestling game called Saturday Night Slam Masters. And it was basically uh, anime wrestling, if you can consider how ridiculous that would be. Um, so with that being said, here's what I would do. Um, one of the things that I hate about current wrestling games is they try to make them sports simulators um they try to make them kind of like these like realistic looks at wrestling and while in some ways that's cool it doesn't really work because the actual action on the screen does not represent what you see in a wrestling match because a wrestling match is you know uh, uh, predetermined so that it can look cool. Whereas when you're in a in an actual match, you save up your finisher, you do it three times, and whatever. So with this, the button prompting would kind of like you would store up stuff by getting hit by the other person. So it would be this kind of like seesaw battle where you have to kind of really manage like your damage versus how much fan approval you're getting because the fan approval allows you to do bigger and cooler moves to end up getting over oh, yeah. with the crowd. Does that make sense? So so basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to make the best match. You're not trying to like necessarily win. You're trying to make the best match. You're still trying to win. You're still trying to come out on top. But to come out on top, mm -hmm. you have to make – you have to get the best match like because getting the best match allows you to save up your finishers so that you can do it to the opponent. So it's this weird like seesaw battle of that. Um, other than that, it would have a lot of games of service situations uh, from the standpoint of fire no. arcade wrestling. I don't know if you know anything about that, but basic, <laughs> basically it's very, um, 
it's very 8-bit graphics, but because of that, they're huge on modding. So, like, every company has simulatory characters in it, and you can download any roster and put them in there. Uh, with this, like, it would be very easy to create characters and rosters and pre... Um, and, ugh, procedurally generate the rosters so that anybody's game, anybody who played the game, their game would generate all the wrestlers completely brand new. So like when you boot up the game, it generates a procedurally generates the wrestlers for you from scratch in your specific league to your game. And then you can go online and download your friends wrestlers and you can play which wrestlers you want in it. You can create your own characters and add to it. You can edit the wrestlers. Uh, and you can just have that control that the WWE games kind of lose because they try and be like mm -hmm. Matt instead of being a more fun thing. So that's it, everybody. You've got two <laughs> projects this week because Logan overslept. So <laughs> uh, you've got Project Slam Masters versus Project Complete Breakfast. Which fighting game would you guys spend the money on? Which one would you want to play? And that brings us to the closing of the show there, Neil. Because I got to go figure out what <laughs> I'm going to do with a stack of cabinets <laughs> on my front porch. Um, right? Uh, so, yeah. So, I'm going to do a real quick pitch. Guys, check out our Old Man Gaming Direct for March if you want to know all the shows we have going right now. Uh, we've got something for everybody. We really do. Uh, I do want to specifically plug the Nintendo Switch special called Switching Over. Uh, we posted it two days, two or one day, depending on where you're listening to this, uh, ago. Check that out. Me and Neil do, did that together. And it was a lot of fun to actually play with a capture card, too, for the first time. Um, other than that, you can check us out at Facebook, at Old Man Gaming DH, on Twitter at Old Man Gaming 9. And of course, join our discord we put the link in the description below we'd love to see you there and chat with you you can influence all the shows including this one as well as old man direct uh we'd love to have you guys bet on who's gonna lose first and on the hunt it's a fun time no matter how you guys look at it so thank you guys as long as you guys keep watching and listening to these we will keep making them we'll see you guys next week <laughs>